Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Lavender Gooms. Hello. And finally, puppy in hand, Kid Presentable. Full squad. Full squad. Hashtag full squad in the building. Um, first off, um, just... A s- Quick note, uh, a lot of people saw the news, what happened last night, well, last night for us, some of you probably going to listen to this Tuesday morning, but Sunday, at the Garlic Festival in Gilroy, California, uh, which is about 40-ish, 40 to 50 miles, depending on where each of us is around here besides Mike, uh, south of us here, uh, fucking tragedy happened, a piece of shit shot it up, a bunch of people died, a lot of people injured, so just, you know, wishing everybody just i mean you don't want to say thoughts and prayers but just praying for everybody that just they're okay those of us those of us still in those of us still in treatment and yeah just a sad 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 fucking uh way to end the weekend for what is a really really cool event for the people in gilroy i've been to the gilroy festival uh gilroy garlic festival Steph, I think you told me you've been there also before. I, I used to go as a kid. Yeah. My uh, dad lived in San Jose for several years. Um, Gilroy's not too far. Um, for kind of a picture of it, like, you watched Parks and Rec, and you remember their Harvest Festival episode. It's kind of like that for the city of Gilroy. It really is, like, their big annual event. All, like, all the citizens of, like, Gilroy volunteer. They help. Um, they really put on this they great make festival. They a ton of money for charity they raise. Garlic is what that city does, and this is a... You know, loss of life being the primary thing, but this is a large, this is an impact they're going to feel in that community for years to come. That was a so really bad um, day. I might be a, I'm very behind on um, what's going on. Um, I'm sorry to say, this is actually the first I'm hearing about this. What was it that happened? Uh, some piece of shit showed up with a assault rifle and killed a bunch of people, shooting indiscriminately, including a six-year-old little boy. Fuck. Yeah, one of those. Um, something yeah. that I mean, I think I think that's just telling. And Mike, it's not shocking you didn't hear about it because there's so many shootings all the time. And like, I didn't even know about it until this morning. Um, and it's just it's one of those things. Like, there are a lot of instances like this, and it's easy, especially when you're when you live in another state or something. It it just to be another one of these. But I mean, for mm-hmm. us, it hit really close to home. Like, yeah. except that he's been there. I've been to Gilroy. Um, and like what Bobby's saying, it's just, it is extra shitty because I'm not, I don't want to dispurge the city, but like, there's not a lot going on in Gilroy. There's really not a, there's not a lot of people just going to Gilroy just for the shits and giggles. It's like mainly you go there because the harvest, the, the garlic. You know what, real talk? If you guys live in a city where your baseball team now offers garlic fries, it's basically because of the of Gilroy, because a bunch of farmers up there. Got the baseball teams in the Bay Area, start getting garlic fries, and that shit spread like wildfire. This is yeah. a small and consequential thing, but garlic is their currency in that town. Yeah. And a- I mean, this event is like their big money-making event for like the city. A lot of people come yeah. in. It just kind of boosts the economy. And like Bobby said, you know, th- this shooting is going to have ramifications, not just you would hope gun laws and, you know, mental health stuff and all the things that need to get addressed to stop things like this would happen, which they won't. We obviously have seen that before, but it's just, this is going to make people not want to go to that garlic festival. And it's going to directly impact the economical state of that city because some guy, you know, thought this was a good idea or this would solve any kind of issues. And it's just sad and awful. And the aftermath is going to, you know, really hurt that city a lot. And, uh, more horribly, you know, Hardly anything will get done, right? I yeah. think we've talked about shooting so much on this show. That's about MMA. Yeah. But, Bobby, you always made a good point. Like, once Sandy Hook happened and nothing changed, it's like, well... That was it, bro. Little, yeah. yeah. If little kids are going to get murdered and no one gives a shit and nothing changes, there's no... Whatever event has to happen for people to yeah. really wake up. And, and it's just pathet- pathetic and sad and horrible. And, um, yeah, it just hit really close for home for me, Bob, and Steph, because super close to Gilroy. 
Um, I go out that way for the Renaissance Fair, and it's like, I want to go to the Renaissance Fair. I don't know what kind of whack job's going to be there. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's just super shitty. Super so, shitty. yeah, we're not going to get on our – I mean, we've had angry moments of me and Stefan and Mark and Mike all yelling about stuff. But this is just a really sad, sad thing that happened. So hopefully everybody involved can recover. Um, so um, this past weekend, to make a to difficult transition, back to MMA, UFC 240 from Edmonton, um, a card which I swear to God – they all, the UFC looked at the calendar, said nothing happens in July. There's nothing on TV. There's no other sports worth a damn yet. Nobody cares about baseball right now. Football hasn't started. College football hasn't started. Basketball's over. Nothing's happening. I wonder if we can get people desperate enough to pay for a pay-per-view. Let's squeeze one in at the end of July, make it incredibly top-heavy, and let's just trot it out there. Uh, they did that. Um, it was not a good card on paper, and I caught... Um, the main event, the co-main event, and a really good fight in the prelims. Um, between uh, what was the other guy's name? Figueroa and the other guy, Marcus. Help me out. Uh, Pantoja. 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 <laughs> the number three and number four ranked flyweights, which we're an MMA podcast. You think we'd know this stuff? You know what? If they didn't spend I know the last, Figueroa. I, you know, I if they didn't guy. spend the last fucking year burying this division and cutting the greatest fighter ever to come out of it. Maybe we'd be more on top of it. But anyway, uh, Max Holloway, uh, Frankie Edgar, we all thought Max was going to do his thing. Um, really, just, you know, he won. If you have eyes and can see, he won five rounds. Best you can get Frankie, maybe the first round where there was a lot of feeling out. Even that one, I think we all had it for Max. Max just kind of did his thing. Old man Edgar couldn't get past the jab. Wasn't fast enough. Uh, quite frankly, Max was too big for him. Was one for Stefan. You said 15. That's a fair guess. At one point, I heard 13, but um, it got worse. One for 15 on takedowns. That one takedown he got, he didn't really do a lot. Um, Max needed this win, Mark. He went out there and his after his last performance against Dustin, had to get out and get back on track. Got a yeah. W. And, you know, to, I, I can't really fully analyze the fight i only caught the last half basically I caught the middle of the third round to the finale and my, my biggest takeaways is when max was letting his hands go he looked like the max that we knew against jose aldo i was just a little shocked that he was a little trigger shy um when he fought aldo the volume was just incredible from from bell to bell he the dude just not stop and he seemed I, I don't know if he was just off or Frankie was giving him problems, but Frankie, you know, was able to land on him pretty consistently, uh, except Frankie didn't have the power, right? He really wasn't hurting uh, Max at all, but he was just able to land a lot of shots. I was just like, man, you know, when if Max was able to really keep him at distance, um, you, you think he would piece him up because like um, you mentioned before, Frankie knew how he had to win this fight. He had to get the fight on the ground. He had to be on top, steal some rounds that way. And he was ineffective in finishing his takedowns what, what frankie has always been really good at is he has a fantastic step in he is able to get in close range and throw punches and go for takedown attempts and he snatched up max's single legs and even a couple of double legs he attempted but he wasn't able to finish them he, he'd get a single leg on max and max would be able to dig in the underhooks use the distance away from the cage to circle out and knock it taken down it wasn't until frankie got him against the cage and was able to, to you know really work to get a double leg and, you know, like you mentioned, he, he got him down for like 40 seconds. He couldn't finish the round on top. Max was able to get back up. Uh, so so Max looked really good. He just didn't look like that all-star that we saw against um, Aldo. But it, it's hard to expect that from high-caliber fighters. You know, they're going to have fights where stylistically things don't line up. Maybe he was just off that day. Um, and, he, and he still looked good, right? Like, he, all my criticisms aside, it's mostly because he didn't look like an all-star pound for pound best fighter of the world he just looked like a very capable uh fighter that you know was able to nullify everything frankie get did and, and won a, a clean decision so you know my, my criticism is just that i have high expectations and i know when he really lets his hands go and when he did in this fight he looked phenomenal there was a couple of times where he was really letting that jab go switching stances slotting in and out and really able to control the pacing of the fight and there was times where frankie was able to get in throw overhand rights sneak in jabs and such uh to make it somewhat competitive, uh, but but ultimately, like Frankie, I, I, the rounds I saw, I don't think he won any of them. 
but he was in the fight, right? There was never a point where I never, I, I don't think I really got the instance that he was actually, there remember once or twice he really got hurt in like the fourth and fifth, where maybe it was like, okay, if he really puts it on, maybe he can finish. Yeah, him. Ma- ma- that was the thing, Marcus. I was talking to you about it earlier today where I thought, like, there was a couple moments where I'm like, Max can probably step on his neck here. I think there's a couple and, times he wobbled well, him and he was stepping back to the cage. I mean, I think also, like, I mean, Mike, uh, I kind of thought maybe Max taking his time and not necessarily pushing as much as he could. Man's known for having tough weight cuts. Do you think maybe he was like, I'm dealing with a cardio machine and Frankie Edgar? He wanted to make sure he'd be there all five rounds? Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, we all know that Frankie can go for days, you know, days upon days in, in the in the octagon. And, you know, a guy that cuts down from maybe, what, 175, maybe 180 when when he's not in fight camp all the way down to 145, it wouldn't be the worst game plan in the row. In, in the world if uh if max was just trying to conserve himself um you know for the eventual five rounds that he was gonna gonna have to go and you know he picked the spots he was able to keep the distance he was able to use his his uppercut really well whenever frankie was coming in and you know i think much like how we saw with tyron woodley where sometimes it's not the exciting fight you want out of the champ it's the smart fight and that's what we saw out of max th- this time uh, Steph, we got a fight card in two and a half months, headlined by Bobby Knuckles and Izzy Adesanya in Australia. They're doing it in a goddamn stadium, 60,000 seats. Um, the number one contender for this title Max is holding is uh, Volkanovski. Volkanovski was the number one contender, quite frankly, going into this fight and didn't get a title shot, but he's Australian. Conventional wisdom is that we try to get Max and him as the co-main event. Max has fought uh, three times in seven months. He has in those three in those three fights. He's gone fourteen rounds, and in the middle there, he got his ass whooped by Dustin Poirier. What do you think, man? This is a, a pretty busy schedule for a champion. Do you think um, you think he tests himself, or maybe Max takes a little bit of time off after this one? I mean, it's a tough fight, but barring any like significant injury, Max has that too stubbornly tough for his own good Hawaiian mentality. If the fight's there and they offer it, he'll take it. Um, you know, for the good of his health, we don't know, but he is susceptible to pulling out of fights because of injury. So maybe it gets booked. Maybe we, it doesn't see the light of day, um, at least on that date. But um, just knowing Max, he'll probably take the challenge. And if I'm the UFC um, in a world where you got Bobby Knuckles, who, God love him, he pulls out a fair number of fights. Um, if it's a 60,000 seat arena, I, you want to make sure you got getting another Aussie on there wouldn't be the worst thing, you know. Making this worth Max's while to take the fight, pay the man is what I'm getting at. Just pay the fucking man. So I'm getting. I mean, at hell, here. now that you mention it, I like might want to put a third title fight on this because that's a yeah, lot of seats. Both that's a lot of seats, and both those, like you said, both these champions they're susceptible to injury. So um, you might want to have an insurance policy because. You don't need some uh, schmuck coming in at the co-main. But you have, to, you have to factor in those Aussies are desperate for that entertainment. You know what, man? They, all the comedians go down there and eat it up because they're like, please come to our very out-of-the-way island to entertain us, please. UFC goes there, I think, once or twice a year. They always do good numbers. There's a reason. they. I mean, the UFC is not dumb. They filled out a 50,000-seat arena there when Holly Holm kicked Ronda's head into the seventh or eighth row. That was in Australia. Um, none of these people involved is Ronda Rousey, but then again, they got a hometown, cha- they got a home country champion, another guy going for a belt. I mean, uh, I, I, I understand forget, it's like the a, challenger is from New Zealand, so I was gonna say you're, you're both oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Knuckles and Adesanya rep New Zealand, but that's factoring in. I, I get it's like it's probably a cheap flight. It's probably real easy. Wait, Bobby Knuckles is in Australia. Bobby Knuckles is in Australia. I know. I think they're both New Zealand. I'll check while you're talking. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I could have sworn I had this theory, but Volkanovski messed it up. That the New Zealanders are good because Hooker is also New Zealand, I think. But the Australians are bad. Anyways, he, he was born in us in New Zealand. He his residence is in Australia for Bobby Knuckles. I'm not sure where they where he grew up, but I mean he's got both. You know, logistics, logistics aside, you know, if people are going to fly from a place to go see an event, they're less likely to return their ticket. We've fallen prey to this. We've we've gone to Vegas, 
fight cards fall apart. I want my money back, Bobby. I want my money back. There, there like, we're already here. We're already here. There, there's Let's a, pay way too much money for Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz and BJ Penn in the main event. This guy has an entire section on his Wikipedia representing both Australia and New Zealand is the headline. Is the name of the section. His mom's is um, Maori and Samoan and his pops is Australian. So that's how you do that, I guess. Um, well, uh, just so you guys also know, um, I'm on Bobby Knuckles' uh, Wikipedia page as well. That's right. And both me and him are basically Ken and Ryu because he's a black belt in Goju Ryu Karate. And I did it for two years in junior high. <laughs> yeah. Mike's Virtually a, identical. Mike's a, Mike's a fucking ninja. <laughs> this is my experience with him. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Old man Edgar is just old man Edgar. He doesn't say. He says he's not done. What I liked out of his fights was I liked Max one. His son came into the octagon. It was a happy moment. But then when Frankie was sad, his son came in, gave his dad a big hug. We've been watching these dudes. I mean, I'm watching Frankie fight for so goddamn long. I don't know. He's got a family. He's got kids. He's like, I wanted to show my kids being smaller. Didn't matter. And I'm like, man, you did that already. You're a champion at 155. The kid just wasn't around back then. Um, co-main event. Felicia Spencer, Cyborg, Justino. Felicia Spencer is tough, man. She's tough. She started, she got her ass whooped in a lot of this fight. She landed a really good elbow that hurt Cyborg. She was still, you know, she was there for all of it. Um, Felicia Spencer, let's just uh, put her aside for a moment here. Cyborg's got no more fights on her contract. Cyborg is... The UFC owner, the UFC president is openly hostile towards her. Has been for years. Um, I know I'm the one on this podcast who said, uh, last week that I'm, don't, she doesn't really do anything for me at this point, whether she wants to fight or not fight. And I do stand by that. That being said, her going out there today and saying, I want a public apology from Dana White for all the shit he said about me being a man. You know, and walking around looking like Banderlay Silva, and walking around like Banderlay Silva, looking like uh, in high heels. Fair, because I have a daughter, and she heard that. All that stuff is a hundred percent true. And if this motherfucker was actually gonna be a man about this thing, he would apologize. But no, because he like he does the same thing. We're like, look, I don't know if we have new listeners to the podcast. Let me just tell you the thing we've all mentioned a thousand times. When Dana White says somebody doesn't want to fight somebody else, that means the UFC doesn't want to pay them the money required for them to fight some, to fight a person. So with the whole bullshit where we're hearing where Cyborg doesn't want to fight Amanda Nunes, it's horse shit. Cyborg knows what she's worth. George St. Pierre knew what he was worth. Conor McGregor knows what he's worth. Nate Diaz knows what he's worth. Tyron Woodley knows what he's worth. The people that he disagrees with know what they're worth and what they're worth and want to get paid. On top of that, he said some truly offensive shit about Cyborg. He should fucking apologize. That being said, Marcus, hell will free load freeze over before that happens. So what do you got? Ryzen or Bellator for Cyborg? Um, I mean, I would, if I had to venture a guess between those two, probably Bellator. I don't, I, honestly, we were talking about it earlier. I don't know if Julie Bud's belt is even 445. I don't know if they have a 45. I think she's, let me check while you're talking. Go ahead. I think, it, <laughs> I think she's 35. But I mean, ultimately, I like Chris Cyborg a lot. I've always been a fan of hers. And mostly, I'm still a fan of hers because I, I feel like she's getting better training now and she's becoming a better fighter. And, you know, I think there's not a ton of takeaway in this fight. She kind of walked over Felicia. But I did like in between the first and second round, her boxing coach said, like, look, you have to calm down, go to fundamentals, use the jab, use the low kick, circle out. You're not the brawler you used to be because what got Cyborg in trouble with Amanda Nunes was she got hurt and Cyborg still has this tendency when she gets hit to, to hit the girl back. Like, and that's probably the most natural thing in a fighter is that when you get hit with something, it's like, I'm giving you back. I'm getting you back for that. And that got her in trouble against Amanda Nunes because she was hurt. She needed time to recover, and she just kept going on the attack, and she paid the ultimate price. And we saw that a little bit with Felicia. Once she got hit with that elbow, she went a little berserker, and the corner was like, look, at you need to calm down, go back to the fundamentals. And I like that. I like how she ha- she has a corner that is making her a better fighter and reminding her not to fall into the traps that she's fallen into in the past. Um, I don't know what her future holds. I think I saw an article on MMA Fighting, I think it was, that was saying that, Chris Cyborg deserves to be in the UFC, right? It, her going back to Bell, Bellator or in uh, Ryzen, 
it's it's created this really weird narrative that the UFC has kind of been creating for themselves where it used to be that's the place the best fighters are and they've been letting more and more of their best fighters out of the division because of contract disputes or they don't want to pay the money or what have you um but Chris Cyborg is the you know one of the best fighters out uh 145 for the I mean they traded the number 1 Exactly. Pound for pound fighter. What in the a world. better, yeah. What a uh, better. The guy ranked number one in their own rankings. Not me saying it. Their own not, rankings said he was number one. Well, it was like the, DJ was considered to be pound for pound one of the best fighters in the world until he lost. And then, like, oh, any value he had to us is completely gone. Let's dissolve him and pick up a fighter who has some credibility online, right? Like the, the hardcores know who Ben Askren was. Um, he's charismatic. He's also retired from the sport. Let's bring him back in. Look, at they, they got a lot of eyes from Ben Askren. You know, maybe that trade was worthwhile. But in the narrative of UFC has the best fighters in the world, it's kind of hard to say that when they've let some of their better fighters go, like Rory and DJ and Bader. You know, a lot of these guys that maybe at the time when they got let go, they weren't the champion, but they were in the top five and have only looked spectacular since leaving. That would be a similar case with Chris Cyborg. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I think it would be unfortunate because we've kind of been waiting a long time to have Cyborg in the UFC. But ultimately, the biggest problems with her is just that the division is so flat. There's not a lot of women for her to compete against. And what what would ultimately suck the most is not getting to see her fight Amanda Nunes again. Because it's like we finally found a, found a person that not only competed with Chris Cyborg, but completely demolished her. And I still have some interest in watching them roll it back because I, I don't have a. I honestly think Amanda Nunes can do that shit again, but I really want to see it happen again. And honestly, like Mark, after the fight this weekend, I'm like, I would take Amanda to do that shit to her, no problem again. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think she could beat her again. I would pick Amanda Nunes in the next fight. But Chris Cyborg is a very strong, competitive. I mean, she she was hands down the best 145 woman in the I mean, world. She's the second best 145 woman in the world. If nothing else, she deserves to run that one back. And let's look at you. You held that crown for a long ass time. We can talk about the credibility of that crown, how she didn't have a lot of top challengers, how she was fighting what 40 year old Japanese pro wrestlers and just wiping the floor with them. like, those fights were not competitive. So when I finally get to see a fight, that's not only competitive, but she gets starched in. I was like, Let's roll it back one more time, and let's solidify Amanda Nunes, best women's fighter of all time, hands down. No argument. I think you can already say that pretty with, you know. There was, there's, no, there's no debate there, anymore. But, there's no but debate. I want to see it roll back because I want to see I want to see good fighters test to the max of their ability. And now I want to see Cyborg test again. And look at it. And maybe she has a more competitive fight with Amanda Nunes. And we – because those two fighters are very entertaining and we saw a very fun clash. I would not be, you know, if we get a three-round fight where, you know, maybe she doesn't just completely demolish her in the first round, that could be a very cool fight. I'm very interested in seeing that happen. I mean, Stefan, I think all bets were off when the man who broke every championship record they had lost his belt in a, I don't know if Henry won a split. It might have been a split, but it was a damn close fight, and he didn't get a rematch. I they, didn't I don't, get a rematch. He got a pink slip. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I mark as much as you want to see it, Stefan. What do you think? I don't. I, just, I mean, I don't, I don't got any expectation. I don't have any expectation that she gets resigned. So yeah, um, it, it kind of doesn't even matter talking about that because that would be on the basis that I think she's coming. Honestly, back they got rid. And I don't. They got rid of Demetrius Johnson. That was for me. I'm just like, well, what do you? I, I think that that was it. More, that was the, that was like. I think even more. He talked a mountain of cat shit about George St. Pierre, and George St. Pierre was a bona fide ticket seller. And a gentleman. Oh, yeah. Eh. That was. He's ta- Remember how long did he say GSP doesn't want to fight? GSP doesn't want to fight. GSP doesn't want to fight. Oh, GSP's getting a title shot. He's going to fight. What do you know? And now get. Uh, G- yeah, but then what happened after Bobby? GSP didn't want to fight. Now GSP wants GSP wants to fight Khabib, and they're not going to give it to him. Yeah. Uh, back to your original question, Bob, and we talked about this earlier today. But um, you know, if, if Cyborg is to go to another organization, she faces the same problems that I talked about before. Not a lot of girls in her division. But you mentioned a very intriguing fight. If they could have a freak show fight with Chris Cyborg and Gabby Garcia and Ryzen. Hot baby, am I excited to see that clay that that cluster fuck colliding to each other? I a hundred percent on taking cyborg in that one. That would be hundred percent for the ages, though. I mean, because Gabby Garcia is, while I would not consider her a very proficient fighter, she is a massive woman. She is 
probably the biggest woman I've ever seen in my entire. She's she's a lot bigger than China, right? Oh, she's like two hundred and forty pounds. She's like, do you remember those fights where they used to have like a giant guy fight a guy in pride that no one knew what he was doing, and then that big fucker would just get his ass whooped? That's what this fight would look like. She does not know what she's doing. I she would get fights. killed. She I would get killed. Oh I would, I would watch the shit out of that freak show. But fight. we did say they are friends. Might not happen. But that's really the the, the problem with Chris is the cheddar makes it all better, man. Just pay everybody. She has no fighters to really fight. Amanda Nunes is the only person that has Julia Bud. Julia Budd, the 145-pound champion, is on an she's on an 11-fight win streak. She has not lost since she lost to Ronda Rousey in 2011. Let's she was, do that then. She's she was two and two. Now she's thirteen and two. I, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, she's beating a bunch of people. I don't know. She Damn. knocked out Marlos Kunin. That means I something. Remember, I remember watching that fight live when she fought Ronda. Yeah, she dislocated that. You were getting old. She dislocated that elbow. She dislocated her face down, and the referee couldn't see it. So Ronda rolled her ass over, so the referee could see the dislocated elbow. Man, Ronda was fun. When Ronda was smoking people, <laughs> it was a good time. Anyway, um, Davidson Figueroa uh, versus. Let me get this guy's full name. I want to pay some proper respects to, quite frankly, what was the best fight on that card. Um, the number three versus the number. Uh, Four ranked flyweights in the world. Alexander Pantoja versus Davison Figueroa. I uh, mentioned in our, in our group chat here when I was watching it. I'm like, these guys are just beating the fuck out of each other. Um, Marcus, just a good fight. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> On your recommendation, I, I went back and watched this. And uh, for me, it was really just Figueroa. Just um, the, the fight was his story. In the first round, he looked so confident, so mm -hmm. untouchable, and pretty much was just beating the shit out of uh, Alexandra. Um, but then eventually, um, I, it, Joe pointed it out, and I think he was right. Like I think he hurt his right hand just bouncing yeah. off the dude's skull in the first round. He was a little bit compromised. He wasn't quite as aggressive, but he still downed him like two more times that fight. It was a good one, you know, and that's I'm glad you kind of pointed it out because these are kind of those little gems that you can find in these real stinker cards. I mean, it's number Every three versus it's number three versus number four. Yeah, you think they'd yeah. highlight it? You think they'd highlight it a bit? Well, and it's like, yeah, that's one of the things like you know, it was a good fight. It also had some kind of, you know, meaning in the division. It's kind of weird that it was buried so low, but you know, those are the little gems that you, you can find in, in a, in a garbage card. And we'll talk about a garbage card later. And there's probably going to be a gem in there. You know, you just have to, are you willing to put in the seven hours to maybe find that one fight? That's worth it. I think collectively we all said no. So. Well, I mean, put in the time versus pay money for it. it's a whole different conversation. Too. That, that makes it more difficult. Um, but this one was on free TV. I was actually watching, I was on the, uh, at the apartment, my apartment's gym, watching it on the treadmill, and I'm just like, this is real good. And like, this is just a really good fight. Um, before we put this thing to bed, Dana White said BJ Penn's getting, for some reason, another fight in the UFC. And he's going to fight uh, Nick Lentz. BJ Penn has lost one, two, three, four, seven straight fights. I was kind of hoping you wouldn't even say who his opponent Bobby was, just so I could say I, I'm taking the field. Whoever you saw against this, BJ Penn, it is it is indefensible and arguably like offensive that they're even booking this thing. And don't feed me this bullshit where BJ Penn called me and he convinced me and he said this is the last one no matter what, and that's why I'm doing it. You're doing it because BJ Penn is still BJ Penn, and while he's not going to sell a bunch of pay per views. He'll watch your random ass ESPN card, and you're not gonna let him out of. You're not gonna just cut him until you've wrung every fucking last penny out of him, because you know his best friend is uh, what's the name of the matchmaker for Bellator? Um, Rich Rich Chow. That's his boy, and we're all just gonna watch this man who's got clearly some serious fucking problems, and he's like got a got three different fucking like restraining orders. Might have went after a guy with a. Fucking pitchfork, one of his neighbors, got into a bar fight a month ago. His w mother of his children got a restraining order against him. Nick Lentz went on to, uh, I know Nick Lentz is an asshole, and the only thing he's ever been relevant for is when he let Douglas Crosby write his Twitter account. But like, he says, yeah, I trained with BJ Penn when I was there. He was just doing a bunch of drugs. And I'm like, it's just why, I'm just watching a car crash somehow keep crashing. We've been in the building. For more than one fight where we're like, well, that was BJ Penn's last fight, right? We've been in the building for like three of those. Okay? After Nick Diaz, I'm like, maybe that's it. 
after Rory. That's definitely it. After Frankie Edgar beat him five years ago, where it was the saddest crowd we've ever been in front of. We're like, well, this is it, right? No. He's 16, 14, and 2. He, okay, never mind. I'm just. He's already in the Hall of Fame, right? He got in the Hall of Fame like four retirements ago, man. Because, damn. Look. Yo, I get this is I get you, you I, can't be in, you can't be in get, the Hall of Fame. Look, and you got a 500 record like Artem Lobov. I get that you're like this is what you do and this is the only thing you've ever done and you're a fucking legend at it, but it's not going well. And you, somebody you And you know what? This is one of those things, man. Where all those years we had BJ Penn being his own fucking coach. And we're like nobody tells him the truth and he doesn't get pushed. And now here we are where oh, there's a whole there's a whole fucking cottage industry of making money off BJ Penn. Because this asshole writes for BJPenn.com. That asshole works at the BJ Penn gym. This asshole does that. Like, like, what the fuck? I Somebody mean, have things without him being an active fighter. You can run a website. <laughs> hey, look. We no, but I mean, like, there's a whole... Yeah, we're but not, like... We're not active MMA fighters. These things are not contingent. Who, 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 tra- who trains out of the... Oh, we have a whole new generation of Hawaiian fighters, and not one of these motherfuckers trains with BJ Penn. Not once. Like, what was that going to... Like, I... Just on a rant here, because BJ Penn was, like, my, my favorite fighter to watch. There was a stretch in, like, 09. 09! Okay? 09! When he, like, beat Kenny Florian's ass and beat Diego Sanchez's ass, and I'm like, this is literally the most entertaining fighter to watch. He is fucking dudes up. There was a whole gallery of what people looked like before they fought BJ Penn and what they looked like afterwards. Me and Stefan saw a clip, a clip of BJ Penn beating Joe Stevens' ass. I had to be aired on TV in black and white. He beat his ass so bad. It was that much blood. And now we're here. We're, Jesus Christ, it's going to end so badly. There's going to be a headline one day, and I don't know how it's going to get worse than we got right now, but we're going to be like, yeah, of course that's what happened. And these motherfuckers all have blood on their hands. Everybody involved. When Bellator so does books, BJ. When, yeah, of course he does. Then we're going to have... Bellator is going to book him against some Rudy Bears motherfucker in, in six months. That would be better though, Bobby, right? And he's going to lose to him next. Oh, no, no, Bobby, come on. Now you're being silly. Now you're being purposely silly. We know Rudy Bears doesn't beat anybody. Is, is it horrible that when Bobby said, and they all have blood on their hands, I the first thing I thought was, it's a good thing BJ doesn't because he'd lick it off. I, I tried to make that joke, but Bobby just... I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm rant. I caught the joke. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, um, we got a hard out here, and I'm making it last longer than a stuff. Stuff was going to leave in five minutes. Yeah, uh, but at the start of this, I was like, you know... It was a thin card. It was a slow news week, but somehow we're going to find a way to kill my 40-minute window before we get to anything of substance. Here we go. This next week, UFC something on ESPN. Robbie Lawler, Colby Covington. Uh, We're only picking that fight. I changed my mind. UFC on ESPN 5. We're picking Thank one fight. God, because I was starting to think in my head of how is one old man going to beat another old man just because he's a harder-working old man. I mean, look. It's a depressing reason to pick a fight. I, I'm sure Jim Miller and Clay Guido will have a fine fight. Unless Clay Guido, Clay Guido does that running thing. They'll be fine. Um, but the main event is a flat-out good fight. The I don't know if he's still the interim champion. I don't think he is. Colby Covington is going to fight Robbie Lawler. Um, Colby is a 2-1 to one favorite. Uh, more than 2-1, to one, actually, Seth, right? Uh, two. You muted yourself, brother. Oh, sorry, 235 at present. So the line's moving even more towards Colby. Um, Colby Covington hadn't said a lot. And then like a week ago, he shit-talked Robbie Lawler a bunch. And that's when I decided I'm picking Robbie Lawler. Because I was just looking for any reason. And I don't know, five rounds is a long time not to get hit in the face by Robbie Lawler. I don't know. I mean, Colby's not going to knock him out. I don't know who Robbie's fought, honestly, since then, since he lost his belt. He lost, I think he lost to Cowboy. He lost to Askren. He beat Cowboy, lost to Askren. I don't remember. Somebody tell me what Robbie Lawler's up to. Um, but uh, honestly, yeah, he does close. He lost to Askren. He lost to Dos Anjos before that. He did beat Cerrone. I, uh, I don't know. He stuffed the Ben Askren takedown, started punching the shit out of him. Don't think Kobe does that better than Ben, but he probably has a pretty good, he has a good gas tank. He, did a good job against RDA when he won that interim title. I'm going to take Robbie, man. Five rounds is a long time not to get hit in the face with Robbie Lawler. I think pissing him off wasn't the best strategy in the world. Um, 
People have the good sense not to do that. So only worked well once for worked well one time for one person. That was Nick Diaz like 20 years ago. So I, I'm taking Robbie Lawler. Stefan, what do you got? Um, I gotta keep this short because I'm about to bounce after this pick, um, Bella. So good luck on the rest of the show. But that said, um, Megan Colby, he has the controlling style to just kind of neutralize Robbie and really just wear him out. And when Robbie gets behind on the scorecards, when he gets controlled, when he gets pressed up against the fence, he gets laid on. Um, he doesn't really always come back from that. Um, you know, like, he sure he has a puncher's chance in hell, but this is just me kind of protecting myself. Um, if I pick, if Colby wins, I'm right. If uh, Robbie wins, it means he probably knocked out Bobby's favorite fighter. So, uh, win-win for me. It would make me very happy. Though, uh, we, we did get some lies from the bald man saying that if Colby wins, he gets the next title shot. Or he gets a title shot. Didn't say the word next. Because we all know that title's going to, that title shot's going to my man, Jorge Masvidal. Um, Mike, here you go, man. I'm giving it up to you right here. I, I've one fight. If you pick the favorite, you, and he wins, you take the lead. Well, I wasn't expecting to reclaim the lead on, on this fight. I thought, I thought all of us were going to go for Covington with this one. I mean, as much as we find them reprehensible and, you know, an all around D bag, I mean, I see him being able to pressure Lawler throughout this fight. Um, yeah, Lawler did get did get that good shot in against uh, Askren, but um, I think he's probably going to be susceptible to Covington's uh, wrestling in this match, and I think Covington's going to do what he normally does and grinds out a win. When was the last time somebody did that to Robbie Lawler? That's what I'm basing a lot of this on. He could be right. He's old. You might be right. Mark? You might know this. When was the last time somebody did that to Robbie Lawler? <laughs> uh, well, it kind of depends. I don't remember a lot of these fights. I have. I mean, he lost to Dos Anjos by decision. I'm doubting Dos Anjos kind of leaned on him. No, he just outworked him. Uh, I mean, Woodley knocked him out. The, what about the, the first Johnny Hendricks fight? I think was just kind of back and forth, right? Both of those fights, they beat the shit out of each other. The first one, Johnny won with a takedown in the fifth. I kind of, if I want to go, I'm thinking I have to, you have to dig a little deeper. I think Tim Kennedy back in 11, he oh, yeah. probably snoozed him, right? He snoozed the shit out. I mean, Ben did some snoozing, but Ben got him in that weird, well, Ben's UFC career has been so like, ben, hard there, to there gauge. There was no snoozing. Yeah, no. 30 minutes of like, just complete chaos that ended in like the most what the fuck scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm also going with Colby for all the same reasons, really. I mean, Robbie's been kind of, he's kind of hot and cold sometimes, right? We've seen him where he just looks, he looks incredible. I mean, when he had that run as champion, he just looked like a totally revigored uh, fighter. Um, and just with the Colby fight, maybe this little, you know, back and forth before the fight will get him kind of up for it. Um, we know Lawler's dangerous, and you made a good point, Bobby. In a five-round fight, when a guy's kind of going to be, you know, well, I think we all kind of assume he'll 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 play the stand-up game just enough to to get in a clinch and get him against the cage and hopefully drag him down and and have a real wrestler type fight if he's going to be successful. And you know that's going to create a lot of opportunities for Robbie. But I think some of the things Steph mentioned about the mental state, you know, if, if Robbie's been leaned on for two rounds. Is he going to have that kind of mental fortitude to still think that he can land that big punch in the third, fourth, and fifth? Maybe. Maybe. But I just think Covington, he has constantly surprised me, not in that I think he's an exciting fighter or one that I'm particularly interested in watching consistently, um, but he just gets the wins, right? There's been a lot of fights. I was like, oh, this one might be tough for him. This is kind of a stylistically tough match, and he, he gets the win. Um, and he's been doing that for a, a long while, to the point where we have to give him credit, regardless of his outside persona and how he, he tries to rattle cages and get headlines that way. I mean, I don't really follow him or I always hear through the grapevine of the kind of antics that he does, but at the end of the day, he, he's getting the W's and I think he'll be able to get one here. Uh, to be clear, when I make my pick here, this isn't a me saying, Oh, this guy's, Oh, this guy, the other guy's going to win, but I'm picking against him. Cause I want this to happen. I think Robbie Lawler's knocking him out. So I want to be nice and wrong next week. No, if, hey, that's not. That's hey, a, hey. I think Robbie Lawler's knocking him out, and I think he's doing it inside of two rounds. Yeah, Bobby, better to clarify that now. And if you come back next week with that sweet knockout, it'll taste so much better than. No, than I mean, look, honestly, like, I mean, look, I like the man is not easy to take down. Like, it, it's been a while since where Robbie was just giving up takedowns, like, to in Strike Force where he fell asleep in a press conference. Robbie Lawler, we're in Robbie Lawler version three point still, right? Are like, we? That's. I think that's the kind of the question. We might be in. We might be in four point oh. Three point oh. We know. We know. We know. Two point oh was bad. 
One two point two point oh was no two point oh is when he went on that whole walkabout when he left the UFC. Okay, was it four point oh then? Yeah, so I think three point is when he had the belt and yes. he was world beater. We're, four point oh, we don't know yet, man. Okay, we don't have what, all the we wait, don't have what, all the patent I, notes. In which version did Robbie lose his hair? Robbie was losing his hair at one, around 1.5. 1. 1. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Lawler at thinning he hair. He was losing it in beta before he even went full release. He was already that 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 hairline was already receding. Yeah, I just and I, you know what, you know Dana White's happiest time was when Robbie Lawler was his champion. Robbie He's fought great. like four times a year. Every fight was like bondburners. It was just yeah. I mean, I remember being there for him and Rory. Where Stefan decided, based on the stare down at the weigh-ins, where I'm picking Robbie. He looks like he means business. This is kind of like really? when I picked Donald Cerrone over uh, Platinum Perry, where all you guys picked Platinum Perry, and my entire logic was Donald looks real angry. <laughs> he looks like he's gonna make a point. In this case, I'm thinking, and Pat Militich said something, because well, after Colby talked shit, Pat Militich is. Pat, Pat, Pat Miletic, by the way, is right with Colby on the right-wing nutjob scale. True. But, but Pat Miletic was just like, I, I'm reading his tweets in Pat Miletic's voice, where he's just like, you know, Robbie's not on social media, but, you know, he speaks with his fists. And I'm just like, yeah, he does. <laughs> he's going to knock his kid out. Yeah, I, I, hey, that that would be, this is exactly what Robbie needs. I mean, Robbie literally, the, the guy Colby. trained in the, he trained in the same gym as this motherfucker. Like, this isn't like Tyron Woodley training and. Fucking like St. Louis while this in St. Louis ATT while this Colby f- trained in Florida ATT. Robbie trained in the same fucking gym as this kid. I refuse to believe he's not been. Sh- he's, this kid has some new way of taking him down. He hasn't tried on him before. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, um, I just don't want to see Kamara Usman versus Colby Covington just because it's not sexy. Is, <laughs> I just think that like Covington. I mean, look. I was more interested in Woodley versus Covington because when Covington couldn't take Woodley down, I knew the end game was Woodley hitting him with a big right hand. Well, as much as I enjoy Usman, it's not going to be as cathartic an ending, I feel, if you have to watch that fight. Yeah, when he struggles to get like a good double leg and sits on top of him for like two minutes, it's not as satisfying as Yeah, to be clear, I pick, I pick him to beat Colby in, in a runaway. Me too. There's nothing that could happen in this fight that makes me think Kamar Usman doesn't beat Colby Covington, basically. Like... Short of him hitting him with a wheel kick. Unless Kobe learns some ninja shit. <laughs> Alright? Um, plus 200. If this was Vegas, I would bet money on Robbie Lawler. That's enough. That's enough to get a little... You can still make a bet. I don't... I need a... Mike, do you still got like a Bovada account or something? I never had a Bovada account. How do we do it? Oh, until Sal got one. When we did... When we booked... When we tried to get a... Bet $10... Bet $100, win $150,000. Ooh! Parlay. We lost the first fight. Okay. I remember that. I mean, it was like, it, 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 it was split three ways. It, it was the card. I remember this card because it was uh, um, the Rampage of Machida and then BJ and Matt Hughes three. I remember. I remember that because I flew back home and I was meeting you at the bar to watch it, Mark. And when I landed, I pulled up my phone to look at the results of the prelims and we lost a, on the first fight. That's always rough. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm rough. like, okay. You know what? It's better than losing on the last fight in the prelim. At least you don't I've sit there. The more, but the excitement's high. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, trying to see if there's anything else on this card worth even mentioning. Guida and uh, Jim Miller is going to have an old man fight. It's one of those fights. Is like, how did these guys not fight each other before? Um, are we sure they didn't? I, I I did. I went to the Wikipedia page and I did a search for Jim Mil- Miller on clay, and it was only about this upcoming fight. So, uh, I can't even. There's a lot of not people without Wikipedia pages on this card. I like Lauren Murphy getting a fight though. I just like I like Lauren Murphy in general. Yeah, Lauren Murphy, Mickey Gall. I mean, there's some names, but not enough for to really get excited. Or I mean, it's, a, it's a card. It's I just kind of expected more from one that's on actual ESPN rather than ESPN Plus. But you know, um, that's it for this one. Next week we get a title fight on ESPN Plus. At a, I'm not sure at what time because it's in Uruguay, in Uruguay between uh, Shevchenko and Carmouche, which Shevchenko I feel just fought. She also she murdered Jessica I real quick though, so it's okay. Yeah, that was her. a great performance. Didn't, yeah. Didn't Liz Carmouche just fight? She probably fought on that card. Yeah. She fought She fought. It's in not February. a great card. Ah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pay-per-view. There's for, Latifi and... Uh, yeah, it's not, it's, you know what? Vulcan, it's as good as, it's as, good as this one. It's got a title fight. Yeah. Tisha Torres is on the undercard. And then, mm. look, it's all leading up to UFC 241, guys. 
where we get Cormier, Stipe, Pettis, Diaz, Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa in the HGH battle. We get fucking, we got a Sun Tzu on the card against Corey Sandhagen. We got Marina Moroz on the card. We got McDessie on the card. We got Derek Brunson's on the card. Almost like a bona fide pay-per-view. Who would have thought? Yeah, there's like a bunch of good fights. Car. I'm still shocked. I'm, I'm, I can't believe it until I see Nate back in the octagon because it's been oh, yeah, too Nate, long. Nate's not going to pull out of a fl- fight. I, I hope so. Nate, Nate pulled out of the Poirier one because Poirier got hurt, and they said, Nate, you want to fight just anybody? And Nate's like, no. Call me when, uh, call, Nate, Nate said, I want to fight Khabib. And then they stopped calling Nate. And that's <laughs> where that went. Um, all right. Uh, let's do stuff we like. Um, so like I, w- I watched... The entirety of the boys on Amazon. Stefan did too. Um, none of the guys here have watched. Uh, Mike, have you watched it at all? I don't even know what you're talking about. Ooh, when, it's good stuff. It's it's good stuff. Uh, we recommend people watch it in general. We'll talk about it. Well, I won't be here, so I don't know if the boys will talk about it next week. Oh no, shit. <laughs> um, maybe we have two weeks. Probably we'll see if the boys watch it. Uh, we'll see if the boys watch the boys. But it's a show on Amazon Prime. Um, Premise to, to Mike. To, to, to it's basically him. superheroes. Yeah, a taste, man. It's basically it's a bunch of superheroes, but they're real corporate. Like there's a company that like manages superheroes. You know, they got PR, they got like you know management, they got like insurance. It's a real like corporate version of superheroes, and you know things don't always meet the eye. For uh, it's uh, violent as hell. A lot of profanity. Like, I mean, it's weird because you drop things that I didn't know from the trailer, and you're not telling them any stuff from the trailer. Like, basically, the basic premise that I got from watching a few trailers is the superheroes kind of, you know, there's collateral damage that we've seen in all the Superman movies. And this deals with a more realistic look at how people feel about that. And basically, what you show in the trailer is there's just some dude talking to his girlfriend. She, like, you know, she's about to cross the street or something. She's, like, sitting right by the curb of the street and they're kind of holding hands saying whatever and this flash like hero fucking obliterates her just runs right through and she's just a gobble gook of blood and the dude's just like what and the hero stops for a second he's like oh i can't i gotta keep going sorry 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 and it's just like this dude is pissed off at superheroes he meets up with other or other people that are also pissed off at superheroes find him and they're like well we gotta fucking kill superheroes and that's more or less the premise that i got from the trailers which Looks very that, interesting. Yeah, that is a good part of it. It's an interesting show. Cool. It is May. I I was watching the first episode and I'm like, this reminds me of Preacher, you know. And then I looked it up. I'm like, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen adapted both. Okay, makes sense. Then I'm like, oh, the same guy wrote both comic books. Well, that's why this reminds me of Preacher. Good to know. Is there anyone in this show that we might know? Elizabeth Shue is in the show. Um... What the fuck's the guy's name? Carl Urban is in the show. Bad guy, kind of. Is that the is that the girl from? Um, Elizabeth Shue's been in like fifty movies. She's from Adventures and Babysitting. I don't know. Leaving Las Vegas is what I'd say she's from. She won like an Oscar. She was in that. Uh, If you guys watched Jessica Jones, the blonde girl in the first episode who kills her family because of Kilgrave, she's in the show. Uh, guy from Gossip Girl. This is where I'm in Mike's sweet spot. Um, Chase Crawford. Oh, from... God. Yeah, you, you know who that is, right? Yeah, he was a super pretty boy. Well, he's basically playing Aquaman in this one. Um, there's, a, there's a real, like, not even Avengers as much as a, uh, what's it called, parallel Justice. with a lot of the characters. It's very Justice League. Um, oh, and, and also, um, we really dropped the ball. We really should know who Elizabeth Shue is. I know Elizabeth Shue was a quintessential girl next door in the 80s. She was. She in, was I signed in leaving Ali. Las Vegas for the love of God. What Dude, else do you want me to do? Ali in the Karate Kid. She's. She was in goddamn leaving Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, well, what does that do? With, what does that do for me? I've never she got nominated. Ali. Have you seen Leaving Las Vegas? Oh, I've seen the. If, hey, if you want to get depressed about the world and everything around it, Leaving Las Vegas is the movie for you. I Nick, guarantee. Nick Cage won an Oscar. Nick Cage plays an alcoholic who wants, who decided he's going to go to Vegas and drink himself to death, and he hangs out with a hooker played by Elizabeth Shue. Let and me it makes you, you so depressed. Let <laughs> me tell you something. I guarantee you, ninety nine percent of the movie watch world knows Elizabeth Shue from either The Karate Kid, Adventures in Babysitting, Cocktail, or either of the Back to the Future sequels. 
okay. or Hollow Man. Okay. Kevin Bacon was an invisible uh, monster. Leaving Las Vegas. If you want a good movie, that's going to bum you out. Maybe go for a walk afterwards on a sunny day. Anyway, um, you watch The Boys, though. It's a good show. Uh, it's interesting. Stefan loved it. He'll talk about it in the show uh, on the show in a week or two. But uh, I thought it was pretty good, too. Um, didn't see the Tarantino flick. Mark did. We might have to save that for another time. Um, I watched, and Mike, you correct me if I'm wrong. I thought you're the one who brought this up. Um, Fighting in the Age of Loneliness. Did you watch that on YouTube and tell me about it? I did not. Somebody told, I thought we mentioned it on the show. If we hadn't, well, here you go, folks. I've talked about how good SB Nation's YouTube channel is. And they got like a five-part series on, um, it's a five-part documentary about the history of mixed martial arts that goes back to like 1880 and shit. Um, I learned some stuff. A lot of it I knew. Um, and other parts I didn't know. Um, it is five parts. Each episode's like 20, 30 minutes, maybe. Um, and there's like the title, you know, the names. It's kind of connects what's happening social, in terms of society and politics with what's happening in the UFC and tying it to the groundswell and stuff like Barack Obama gets elected and then all of a sudden the UFC is printing money with a giant white Viking superhero maybe six months after with Brock Lesnar. It's it's an interesting thing, interesting documentary. It's five parts. Check it out. Um, fighting in the Age of, Age of Loneliness. Um, one of the, the guy narrating it is from, uh, Chapo Trap House. It's, uh, and net, it's a YouTube uh, a podcast people seem to like quite a bit. Uh, for some reason, Mike has got like a BB gun in his hands right now while I'm trying to talk. It's not, it's not helpful. Um, anyway. Sorry, I had a, I had a niche. Um, all right. Uh, Mike, what do you got this week? There's actually not too much for me this week. Um, so I'm going to go with a very simple thing um, that I've rediscovered this week. Last uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I went out for, for Greek food with uh, my girlfriend and thought it was amazing. So I decided to go get Greek food for lunch on Saturday. So uh, the thing I like this week is uh, Greek food. Hummus is amazing. Tzatziki sauce is the best. A nice souvlaki will uh, hit the spot. Is that what you got? Souvlaki? Yeah. Oh, and uh, if you've never had it, roasted feta makes everything better. Mark, you're Greek. You don't like any of those foods, do you? Uh, I'm, I've never been big on the uh, the like gyro sauce, the like, real heavy cream sauce. So it's kind of, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate because I know people love Greek food. And it's kind of like, oh, I am Greek and I don't like it. It's kind of uh, shitty. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Judge anyone that likes Greek food. A lot of people do. Uh, Mediterranean food is quite appealing to most people. I'm just not one of them, unfortunately. It just seems weird, but it is what it is. No hey, hate, Mike. My hammy. That's what Mark likes. Uh, you, you give me a good American cheese, egg, and ham. Oh boy. I'm so, hey, you know what? I, I didn't know this was as like a stereotype. I guess a lot of Greek people own diners, and I'm more of that. I'm more, I like the diner food, not so much the authentic Mediterranean cuisine, but. Teach his own. Speaking of speaking of Greeks and diners, um, our friend uh, our friend Sal, his uh, his dad, one of his uh, main partners in their business, is a Greek fellow who uh, uh, has a lot of contacts with uh, Greek uh, diners. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Right. So they say in New York. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> um, that's all you got, Mike. Food. You what you ate for fucking lunch? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Great. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Marcus? Yeah, well, uh, today I had Chipotle, but it's not making the cut for things I like. <laughs> it's like consistently, and it is good, but th- not particularly special today. Um, yeah, there's, I don't, I, kind of like uh, Mike, I don't have a ton this week. Um, I, I did see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Hopefully next week, uh, Stefan will be on the show. Mike, do you have any interest in seeing that, or is that just kind of not probably not going to see in the next week or so? I will be seeing it. I still have my three free movies a month from uh, hey. Movie Pass. 
Uh, well, I do recommend it, and I'm not, I don't want to give any spoilers away or anything like that. But um, and, and me and Steph kind of talked about, it and we kind of landed on the same thing. I think in the the hierarchy of Tarantino movies, uh, for me, it kind of fits in the middle of the pack. Um, which is, I mean, those are some high fucking bars to pass. I mean, my favorites are Pulp and Django. I think those are easily my one and two. And then after that, there's just a lot of quality films, and it, it fits tightly in there. Um, Where is Jackie Brown, Marcus? Where is Jackie Brown in the rankings? It's probably on the lower end. I know we were kids. Jackie Brown was like like your favorite or something. No, it's just, Pulp was always my favorite. No. Um, but Jackie was up there. I think I think like some of the ones I I, I think uh, was a Death Proof. That's probably my least favorite. The the um, when he tried to do the the double house feature. Um, that one didn't really stick with me, and I, I think I've only seen it once or twice. But Inglorious Bastards didn't do a lot for me. Oh, I, I love that! I love that but, one so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think um, a True Romance was also another one that stuck up there. But this was right in the middle of the pack. I really enjoyed it, um, and I had I got more enjoyment or a better understanding of what the film was trying to do after I kind of read more about the historical facts that happened and what. Tarantino was trying to accomplish with this movie kind of made some of the some of my critiques or the things I didn't enjoy about the movie uh, make more sense and put in a different light and ultimately made me enjoy the film more and maybe we can get into that stuff a little bit more next week when um, Steph and Mike have seen it we can go full spoilers and really dive into some things um, but ultimately I think it's totally worth a watch uh, I really enjoyed it I would have to say though that this weekend was dominated um, by me and Christine binging what we do in the shadows uh, and we watched the television show that came out earlier this year. I have not yet seen the movie, which um, I still very much want to check out. Um, but if you haven't seen it, um, uh, Taike uh, uh, Watiti, oh, I'm so bad at his name. Uh, he's the director that did uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, and he's the director and the creator with uh, Jermaine Clement, who is uh, part of Flight of the Concords. And it very much has that style of kind of New Zealand humor and the basic premise is that there's vampires live among us and it's them just trying to live in like modern day. And it's very, very funny. Um, I thought it was in, very enjoyable, uh, so much so that I'm looking forward to the movie. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked that out, um, I think it's probably I think it's on like FX has its own weird app. Um, we just downloaded it off YouTube. I think it was on Prime. Everyone kept telling me season one was on Prime, and I checked it, and it wasn't wasn't on Prime anymore, at least. So um, definitely recommend that. Um, and Mike, did uh, have you tried Fire Emblem? I know you were kind of interested in that last week, but yeah, I actually wanted to wait until next week when Stefan was here. I I pre ordered it, so I got it during lunch uh, on on Friday. Yeah, lunches. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, and, uh, I, I, yeah I, I wanted to wait until next week so that we could all really dive into that as well. Which is probably fair. I haven't started it. Um, I thought about starting it on Sunday. just never really got to it. Um, I told Steph I'm kind of really still knee-deep in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. That one's kind of been dominating um, what I kind of kill some time with when it comes to video games. So uh, next week, I'll definitely try to check it out, and maybe we can have some impressions on that. But I've heard nothing but good things. Um, other than that, I started watching one of the old seasons of Archer when he's like Indiana Jones. I thought that was kind of interesting. I kind of like what they're doing with that show where they're kind of like, you know what? We can't. It's season fucking 10. It's hard to keep running a narrative with the same storylines. Why don't we just change the setting every season and just write new shit? I kind of dig that. So, yeah, that's it for this week. Those of you who watch Archer immediately message us when we get Top Gun 2 references. That's what I need. That's like all you. the time, right? I, I, maybe they've toned that stuff down. No, the, the sequel's coming out. I'm expecting a lot, man. They made a Top Gun uh, okay. sequel coming I out. I know from watching what we do in the shadows, they were running advertisements. I guess it probably is over by now. I guess there was a new season back in May, and it was like Archer in space, but set in the, like in 1999. That seemed weird. It, I, I, I do like these kind of genre pieces they're going for because, I mean, I dropped off a while ago, and it's just, it, it's hard to keep any show after like after five seasons to keep momentum going and keep an audience interest, I, I tend to to fall off and, and look for something else. But, you know, watch a couple episodes. Enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's the same type of show. It's the same type of crude humor, but you know, I've enjoyed it. All right, boys and girls, shorter podcast this week. Um, I will not be here next week. Uh, Got to go to uh, go back, go to Europe for a quick trip. Be back the following week. We should have an episode next week. Depending on how good of a teacher I am to Mike, <laughs> once this podcast is done recording, and whether I can articulate 
the weird set of random things I do to make this thing be somewhat listenable with my limited abilities. Um, Isn't it press press the red button that says record and like stop? You know what? I don't. I don't need to teach you, Mike. You got it all right there. We'll be good. Um, you guys all listen next week. Uh, check out the podcast. Um, and uh, be back the following week where we're gonna talk about. I'll be back the following week. I don't know what we're talking about. It might be UFC two forty one time at that time. But anyway, thank you all for listening. I was Doctor Law. Kid Presentable had to peace out. DJ Mark is here. Lavender Gooms is here also. See you guys next week. See you guys.